Okay, good morning, grade fours. So I am doing today episode number three from Augie and Me. This is again in Charlotte's perspective that the story is being told. And this next chapter is called How to Use Venn Diagrams Part One. So in this chapter, Charlotte, if you could see the book, um, draws out these Venn diagrams. So a Venn diagram we use in math to compare something, uh, groups of things usually, and they're two large circles and the circles usually intersect each other. So where they intersect or cross over in the middle is where two things have something that's in common. So if you can kind of visualize that as I'm reading it, I think you'll be able to understand what she's drawing. So in Ms. Rubin's science class, we learned about Venn diagrams. You draw Venn diagrams to see the relationships between different groups of things. Like if you want to see the common characteristics between mammals, reptiles, and fish, for instance, you draw a Venn diagram and list all the attributes of each one inside a circle. Where the circles intersect is what they have in common. In the case of mammals, reptiles, and fish, it would be that they all have backbones. Anyway, I love Venn diagrams. They're so useful for explaining so many things. Sometimes I draw them to explain friendships. So in the book, the picture she has is Charlotte on one side of the circle and Ellie on the other circle. And Charlotte is... Uh, has words like short, prefers dogs, favorite animals, a horse, blonde hair. Ellie's side of the circle has tall, prefers cats, favorite animals, koala, brown hair. And in the middle where the circles intersect, they both like or have in common dance, flower fairies, favorite ice creams, vanilla. Um, and they're both friends with Maya. As you can see, Ellie and I had a lot in common. We've been friends since the first day of first grade when Mrs. Diamond, our put us both at the same table. I remember that day very clearly. I kept trying to talk to Ellie, but she was shy and didn't want to talk. Then at snack time, I started ice skating with my fingers on the top of the desk we shared. If you don't know what that is, it's when you make an upside down peace sign and let your fingers glide all over the glossy desk, like they were figure skaters. Anyway, Ellie watched me do that for a little while, and then she started ice skating with her fingers too. Pretty soon, we were both making figure eights all over the desk. After that, we were inseparable. Next chapter, how I continued to stay neutral. So neutral means she didn't choose a side between the boy war, right? Ellie, Savannah, and Xmina were hanging out in front of the lockers outside the performance space when I showed up for the dance tryouts after school. I knew the moment they looked at me that they had just been talking about me. You're not really taking Jack's side in the boy war, are you? Said Savannah, making an you expression with her lips. I glanced at Ellie, who had obviously shared some of my lunch conversation with Savannah and Xmina. She chewed a strand of her hair and looked away. I'm not on Jack's side, I said calmly. I popped open my locker and shoved my backpack inside. All I said is that I think this whole boy war thing is dumb. All the boys are just being so jerky. Yeah, but Jack started it, said Savannah. Or are you saying it's okay that he punched Julian? No, it's definitely not okay that he did that, I answered, pulling out my dance gear. So how could you be on Jack's side, Savannah asked quickly, still making the ew face with her mouth. Is it because you like him, asked Ixmina, smiling mischievously. Ixmina, who probably hasn't said more than 30 words to me all year long, is asking me if I like Jack? No, I answered, but I could feel my ears turning red. I glanced up at Ellie as I sat down to put on my jazz sneakers. She was twirling yet another part of her hair in preparation for putting it into her mouth. I can't believe she told him about Jack. What a traitor. At that moment, Mrs. Antonabi came into the room, clapping to get everyone's attention in her usual theatrical way. 
Okay, girls, if you haven't signed your name on the tryout sheet, please do so now, she said, pointing to the clipboard on the table next to her. There were about eight other girls standing in line to sign in. And if you've already signed in, please take a spot on the dance floor and start doing your stretches. I'll sign in for you, Igmina said to Savannah, walking over to the table. Do you want me to sign in for you, Charlie? Ellie asked me. I knew that was her way of checking to see if I was mad at her, which I was. I already signed in, I answered quietly, not looking at her. Of course she signed in, Savannah said quickly, rolling her eyes. Charlotte's always the first to sign in. All right, the next chapter, how and why I love to dance. I've been taking dance lessons since I was four. Ballet, tap, jazz, not because I want to be a prima ballerina when I grow up, but because I intend on becoming a Broadway star someday. To do that, you really have to learn how to sing and dance and perform, which is why I work so hard on my dance lessons. And my singing lessons, I take them very seriously because I know that someday when I get my big break, I'll be ready for it. And why will I be ready for it? Because I've worked hard for it my whole life. People seem to think that Broadway stars just come out of nowhere, but that's not true. They practice until their feet hurt. They rehearse like maniacs. If you want to be a star, you have to be willing to work harder than everyone else to achieve your goals and dreams. The way I see it, a dream is like a drawing in your head that comes to life. You have to imagine it first, then you have to work extremely hard to make it come true. So when Savannah says Charlotte's always the first to sign in, on the one hand, it's kind of a compliment because she's saying Charlotte's always on top of things, which is why her hard work pays off for her. But when she says Charlotte's always the first to sign in with that you expression on her face, it's more like she's saying Charlotte only gets what she wants because she's first in line. Or at least that's what I hear, a put down. Savannah's really good at those kind of put downs where it's all in the eyes and the corners of her mouth. It's too bad because she didn't used to be like that. In lower school, Savannah and Ellie and me and Maya and Summer, we were all friends. We played together after school. We had tea parties. It's only been since we started middle school, ever since she got popular, that Savannah's become less nice than she used to be. All right, last chapter today. How Mrs. Antonabby introduced her dance. Okay, ladies, said Mrs. Antonabby, clapping her hands and motioning for us to walk toward her. Everybody on the dance floor, please take your positions. Everybody spread out. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to show you a couple of different dances from the 60s that I'd like you to try. The twist, the hully gully, and the mambo. Just those three. Sound good? I had taken up a position behind Summer, who smiled and waved one of her cute happy hellos at me. When I was little and still into flower fairies, I used to think that Summer Dawson looked exactly like the lavender fairy. Like she should have been born with violet wings. Since when have you been into dance? I asked her. because She had never been one of the girls I'd seen at dance recitals. Summer shrugged shyly. I started taking classes this summer. Sweet, I answered, smiling encouragingly. Mrs. Antonabby, said Exmina, raising her hand. What is this audition for? Oh my goodness, answered Mrs. Antonabby, tapping her forehead with her fingers. Of course, I completely forgot to tell you guys what we're doing here. I, personally, have always loved Mrs. Antonabby, with her long, flowy dresses and scarves and the messy bun. I love that she always has the breathless appearance of someone who's just come back from a great journey. I like that. But a lot of people think she's flaky and weird. The way she throws her head back when she laughs. The way she mumbles to herself sometimes. People have said she looks exactly like Mrs. Puff in SpongeBob's SquarePants. They call her Mrs. Fantanabby behind her back, which I think is incredibly mean. I've been asked to put together a dance piece to perform at the Beecher Prep Benefit Gala, she started explaining, which is in mid-March. It's not a performance that other students will ever see. It's for the parents, faculty, and alumni, but it's kind of a big deal. They're having it at Carnegie Hall this year. 
everyone made little excited chirping sounds. So Carnegie Hall is, is a really renowned uh, theater. Mrs. Antonabby laughed. I thought you'd all like that, she said. I'm adapting a piece I choreographed years ago, which had gotten considerable attention at the time. I don't mind saying, and it should be a lot of fun, but it will take plenty of work, which reminds me, if you're chosen for this dance, it will require a big time commitment. I want to be clear about that right from the start, ladies. 90 minutes of rehearsal after school, three times a week, from now through March. So if you can't commit to that, don't even try out, okay? But what if we have soccer practice, asked Ruby in the middle of a plie. Ladies, sometimes in life you have to choose, Mrs. Antonabby answered. You can't have soccer practice and be in this dance. It's as simple as that. I don't want to hear any excuses about homework assignments or tests or anything else. Even one missed rehearsal is too much. Remember, this is not something you're required to do for school. You don't have to be here, girls. You won't be getting extra credit. If the appeal of dancing on one of the world's most famous stages isn't enough for you, then please don't try out. She extended her arm all the way and pointed to the exit. I won't take it personally. We all looked at each other. Ruby and Jacqueline both smiled apologetically at Mrs. Antonabby and waved goodbye. I couldn't believe anyone would just leave like that. To give her the chance to dance at Carnegie Hall? It's as famous as Broadway. Mrs. Antonabby blinked but didn't say anything. Then she rubbed her head like she was warding off a headache. One last thing, she said. If you're not selected for this particular routine, please remember there's still the big dance number in the spring variety show, and everyone can dance in that one. So if you don't make this performance, please don't have your mom email me. There are only spots for three girls. Only three, cried Ellie, covering her mouth with her hand. Yes, only three, Mrs. Antonabby responded, sounding exactly like Mrs. Puff sounds when she says, Oh, SpongeBob. I knew what Ellie was thinking. Please let it be me, Exmina, and Savannah. But even as she wished that, she probably knew it wasn't going to work out that way. The thing is, everybody knows that Exmina is the best dancer in the whole school. She got selected for the summer intensives at the School of American Ballet. She's at that level. So it was a pretty safe bet that Exmina would make it in. And everybody knows that Savannah made the finals in two different regionals last year and had come close to placing at a national. So there was a good chance that she would make it in. And everybody knows that, well, not to brag, but dance is kind of my thing, and I have a bunch of huge trophies on my shelf that prove it. Ellie, though, sorry, she's just not in the same league as either Exmina or Savannah or me. Sure, she's been into dance all these years, but she's always kind of lazy about it. I don't know, maybe if there were room for four girls, but not if there can only be three. Nope, seemed pretty clear as I looked around the room at the competition. The final three would be Exmina, Savannah, and me. Sorry, Ellie. And maybe, just maybe... This would be my chance to finally work my way into the Savannah group once and for all. I could go back to having Ellie as my best friend. Savannah could have Ixmina. Could all work out. The twist, the hully gully, and the mambo. Got it.